Welcome to Word Matters, presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Word Matters is a podcast dedicated to helping Christians understand some of the most confusing and controversial passages of the Bible. And now, join the conversation with your hosts, Trevin Wax and Brandon Smith. What does it mean for a camel to go through the eye of a needle? And what is an eye on a needle? Needles don't have eyes. This is a question that we... (laughs) Trevin's just shaking his head at me. That is the question that we will uh, answer on this episode of Word Matters. I am Brandon Smith, brand manager for the HCSB, here with Trevin Wax, the managing editor of The Gospel Project and the man who does not like my jokes. No, that was not a funny joke. That was like someone who's never sewed a button. People were laughing. People were laughing. I don't think so. So uh, today we're looking at an analogy made by Jesus, recorded in all three synoptic Gospels. Brandon, uh, do you just want to define what we mean by synoptic? I don't I'm, I don't want to assume that all of our listeners are familiar with that that kind of terminology. Sure, yeah. Just the synoptic gospels just refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, so not not John, um, because these three uh, tend to have the same view on a lot of matters. So synoptic from the words uh, "seen" or "sin," which is same, and optic or you know relating to your view to your sight. So a uh, same view. So these three kind of have the same view. So when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they have a lot of the same stories, a lot of the same parables, etc. Yeah. And as we're going to see with this phrase, um, they are very similar in the way that they record some of these statements from Jesus. Uh, sometimes they don't always come in the exact same story or mm-hmm. context, but some of the more well-known phrases of Jesus come in various um, uh, forms to us. So let's read them in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. We'll start with Mark ten we We've already talked about Mark being the probably being the first gospel written another time. So I'm not going to make Did that. Did we say probably? I don't remember. That. You I, said probably. I said probably. I, I don't remember what you think. So yeah, that's why I've got it. Mark, Matthew, Luke. But mm. anyway, Mark 10, 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, Matthew 19, 24, again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And in case you didn't catch it the first two times, Luke 18, 25, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So he's not not diverging much on these, are they? They're kind of using the same phrase there. Nope, but it shows you just what a popular phrase this was, that mm-hmm. three out of the four gospel writers make sure that we that we see it. It is here. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, because of that, partly, and because of just the, memor- the memorable aspect of this analogy, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, it comes up whenever... Uh, Jesus is talking about uh, wealth and riches. He mentions the difficulty of the rich when it comes to entering the kingdom of God. But the the question, though, is, okay, what exactly is this phrase referring to? It's familiar. It's well known. But what does it mean? That's that's the question. So and that kind of then divides off into some other questions, too. Is Jesus talking about a literal camel and a literal needle? If so, why is he picking those two images? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is he talking about something figuratively that we maybe have a harder time understanding because of the cultural distance between us and the New Testament era? You know, these these are the questions we've got to wrestle with. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's also important, obviously, to look at the context and, and realize that uh, in all three of these Gospels, this comes right after that incident with the rich man. Um, you know, where he talks about inheriting uh, eternal life, which is similar to saying entering the kingdom of God, which is what we see in this story. Right. The rich man asks, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus talks about entering the kingdom of God. And I, a lot of people immediately assume, oh, that means the rich man is asking, how do I make sure I go to heaven when I die? Right. Uh, I want to say, well, kind of it, it, when the rich man's asking that, and Jesus is talking about entering the kingdom there, 
there it does include your hope after, you know, of where you might go after death, but mm-hmm. there's a whole bigger view of what's going on here. Uh, in Jesus's time, when the man asked that, he was basically, if I could paraphrase, he was saying something like this. How can I inherit the kingdom of God or the kingdom that God is going to bring and establish on this earth? How can I be a part of the world that the Messiah is going to reign over? How can I take part in this age to come, this kingdom where God's rule and reign is prevalent? Yeah. So that includes life after death. But that that, I mean, it's not it's not the main focus of what he's asking. Yeah. And Jesus tells him, he says, well, well, you need to sell your property and divide it up among the poor. Um, and then he said, you'll have treasure in heaven if you can come and follow Jesus if you do this. So the rich man, you know, obviously we remember he walks away sad and then Jesus kind of turns and, and says, you know, maybe even Jesus is sad at some level at his, at his response. And, and he uses figure of speech about entering the kingdom being as hard for a rich man uh, as a camel going through the eye of a needle. So there's that analogy. What are the three views? We've got um, the first interpretation is that Jesus is saying, you know what? It is virtually impossible for a rich man to get into the kingdom because just like it's impossible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, a literal needle, a literal camel, that's impossible. So Mm -hmm. according to this view, Jesus is saying it's impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom. Now, evidence for this, um, one of the pieces of evidence comes from the passage itself. The, the, the listeners are dismayed. I mean, they immediately say, good night. I mean, who can be saved? They don't right. say good night. Sorry. They, they're, they're like, who, you know, who can be saved? I mean, the idea that the rich, the people who seem to have the favor of God on their life and on their business would not be a shoe in for the kingdom that Jesus was bringing. <laughs> I mean, that was shocking. So, and then the idea that it is impossible for the rich to enter the kingdom that shocked the listeners. So that's the first interpretation. Yeah. Um, and then, so there's another one that says that basically uh, the eye of the needle is a metaphor. So it's a metaphor for this large city gate um, that gives an individual person access into the city. And so this gate is, is there's a very small opening. So he's kind of giving this metaphor uh, that they would maybe understand. So a person would approach the city, you know, on the back of a camel and then he has to get off and then he would have to go through the small opening or through this eye of a needle on foot. And so the camel obviously can't go through, um, and so unless it you know unloads all the man's belongings and he gets off of it, but it's impossible ultimately for a camel to get through the eye of a needle until it sheds all of its belongings. So kind of this idea of the man rides up carrying everything, and the only way that the camel can get through is if uh, everything is taken away. Uh, so in this way, the reference would would make sense, especially if Jesus is telling the rich man sell all your possessions so that you right, can basically. get through. Yeah, let's uh, basically take all this stuff that you have and unload it. Mm-hmm. Okay, a third interpretation. Uh, says that there is a Greek word very close to camel that means cable, and it appears in a few later manuscripts, so it would be translated something similar to it is easier for a rope to go through the eye of a needle would be the interpretation, which softens the saying Hmm. somewhat. It's still hard, but easier um, uh, for a rope to go through the eye of a needle. So you have the Greek word for cable, but you don't have the Greek word for good night. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, Trevin, what is uh, your view of these three interpretations? What would you say? Well, I like the idea of the camel going through the hole in the city wall, but mm-hmm. there's just no first century evidence for that idea. So there's also not enough evidence to back up the idea that the Greek word for camel got confused with cable. Uh, very, very late explanation for that. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, the idea, the fact for me, the fact that the people immediately say, who then can be saved? That that means 
that they understood the statement to mean basically it's impossible for rich people to be saved. That they heard the shocking statement and thus they're they have this shocking reaction, right? So I'm with interpretation number one. I like how F.F. Bruce puts it. He says, to contrast the largest beast of burden known in Palestine with the smallest of artificial apertures is quite in the manner of Christ's proverbial sayings. Mm. So your view? Yeah, so I I was hoping, I always know, um, you know, usually when you hear it preached, you know, you know, you hear something like, um, the first view, you know, that it's just impossible for a camel to go through. And Jesus is kind of using hyperbole and showing you how big of a deal this really is. And I was hoping when I studied this to have like some really cool, like, you know, fourth view or a, a view, uh, you know, that, that lines up with one of these other interpretations. But I think really at the end of the day, when you look at Jesus's parables and the way he uses contrasting in a lot of different areas and a lot of different ways, that this is just another example of him using um, this contrast of the this extreme contrast that, that you make sure you know there's no camel in the world ever who could ever fit through the eye of a needle. So this will always apply forever. It's an extreme example to make sure that there's no confusion, um, that a rich person can't enter the kingdom without without giving up their possessions. Now, the question that it raises to me that, I, that I'm interested to hear what you think about this is we are um, 21st century Americans and compared to the rest of the world, we are filthy rich, right? And probably everybody listening to this that has a podcast and an iPhone, you're doing probably okay, unless you stole it. And, but you still live in America, so you're still rich, right? <laughs> if you <laughs> but, stole it, Brandon is telling you you need to return that. That's thing. right. Yeah, okay. you need Let's to. just make that clear. So, uh, so, so, what do we do with that? Okay, so if if we're saying this is an extreme example and saying, look, you a rich man can't get into heaven, um, does that really mean that there is no way a rich person can ever get into heaven? That's a, that's a question that that's kind of burning in my mind. I don't know how to answer. To yes, be it means that it is impossible for a rich person to get to heaven. So, but, here, but right, because okay. you're rich and you're a Christian. That's right. But <laughs> I, first of all, uh, I we do not want to soften the words of Jesus. It fascinates me how many times in preaching, teaching this passage. Uh, because I know we want to talk about how you would preach and teach this. Mm-hmm. People try to soften this. I think the analogy with the hole in the city wall softens it somewhat. It just makes it harder, not really impossible. I think it that people soften it in the later manuscripts with the, you know, some some scribes actually change the words in the later manuscripts away from how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. They expand it to say how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. And that is just such a cop out because <laughs> it's just like saying, Oh, I have riches, but you know, thank God I don't trust in them. So I guess I'm okay. No, right. that no, the, the hyperbole of Jesus's statement is meant to shake you up and y- you ought to be shaken up. So the first thing I just, before answering the question, you just asked the burning question mm-hmm. on your mind. If you're rich, can you go to heaven? I, why don't you, why don't we, I just want to say, I know we only have 15 minutes on this podcast, mm-hmm. but let sit with that for a little bit before you immediately rush to an explanation mm-hmm. and let the weight of how hard the saying is really like you know come to to burden you a bit yeah you know we we talked with Scott McKnight before about about how we like how he doesn't soften you know the radical things that Jesus says and we always appreciate that in people who talk about the gospel so so if you're listening to this or you're reading this and you are feeling kind of like the disciples saying well then who can be saved i'm I'm clearly one of these people who then can be saved. Um, you're actually interpreting this the exact way that Jesus intended, which is for you to step back and go, man, well, then who can be saved? And that's what you want when you preach and teach right. people to come across with. So um, so the answer to the 
question, the burning question of, you know, who can be saved? Well, we know that it is, according to Jesus, humanly impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. But with God, nothing is impossible, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole the whole point here, the, the people in Jesus' day, this is what's so, why I love this, this passage. So the people in Jesus' day probably thought that most rich people were saved and their wealth is a sign of their salvation. Yeah. And so they would have probably come, been asking, well, can a poor person be saved, right? Hmm. Jesus just completely flips that around so that they're asking, can the rich person be saved? Um, and the answer is no. No. Apart from God doing the work, uh, uh, an impossible work, uh, it can't be done. So rich people can be saved through the power of God. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we, so that's great news for those of us. Uh, who have who have riches, but it takes a supernatural work of the holy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when he comes to Jesus, I mean, he's all he's asking, he's almost coming with the wrong uh, motivation, asking the wrong question, and Jesus is saying, "Forget about this question about you know how much you have to give up or whatever. Forget about that question. Understand that it's grace that you're saved by, not by your riches and by your work, by what you have." Is that yeah. what you're saying? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there because I mean, I I don't think the question is bad. I think the question is fine. How do I inherit inter- eternal life? How do I enter the kingdom of God? I, for me, though, I I think he is. I think Jesus is saying, um, is is proving the impossibility hmm. of the difficulty of rich people entering heaven or entering the kingdom because uh, of of riches and wealth. And now some people are going to push back and say, well, it's also impossible for poor people to be saved, right? right? Apart from apart from the grace of God. Um, it's just as true that poor people can't be saved without the supernatural mm-hmm. work of God as rich people. Um, theologically, true. Yeah, that is not the point Jesus ever makes. Mm-hmm. So, d- again, possessions are a hanger on. Yeah, pose- possessions are, are 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 part of the issue that keep people from God. Right. So, yeah. and let, all, all through the Sermon on the Mount, you see that yeah. right about about depending on God and relying on God and not relying on possessions and things like that. So, yeah, another example of that. So, all right, Trevin. Well, that was really helpful. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Word Matters is presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible, a translation that is faithful to the original languages but clear for today's readers. Find out more at hcsb.org.